Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kind for being part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. As tired as I am, as, let, me, let me tell you something, guys. It was a long, 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 long day. So let me play the violins for myself for a minute here. If you are, if you amuse me, because as I'm playing my violins, I am still prepping the show. This time I'm prepping the show to make sure that it's seen also on Daily Call. So please go ahead and bear with me as I sing the blues. Well, it turns out, brothers and sisters, that today, rather, it started at midnight. You know, uh, when you start getting old, you want to say, you know what, you better keep that exercise schedule going. And the reason you want to keep that exercise schedule going is because you know if you stop, it's very it's hard as hell to get started again. So therefore, I knew that this morning I had to get up and take my wife for a procedure first thing in the morning. In fact, I had to cut my KPFT show short by uh, by 25 minutes so that I could get to the place on time. We got there after I did my pitching at KPFT. We got there and then the procedure took a while and we had to stay there to make sure that she was all stable and all good and ready to come back home and all of that. Then it was time to prepare this show and I'm going to tell you something, guys. I am sleepy. But you know what? We still got a good show. Actually, we don't only have a good show. We have a, have a substance show and I hope that some of you guys, also brothers and sisters, call in because this show is only better when you participate. As those of you who participated by calling in over the last several days have shown, Bridge MCP call, Bruce call, uh, uh, several people called in. You know, sometimes my mind is a little bit fried, but a lot of a lot of you called in. So I'm going to ask you again today, as we discuss subjects, call in. And give your opinion. Let me know what you think, including some of you that have never called in before. It will be wonderful hearing your beautiful voices. So don't forget. Let's let's do it. I'm almost done uh, queuing that other one. Like I said, I'm a bit late. So as soon as I push the button that say go for it, bingo, it's on. All right, folks, let's get busy. Let's get busy. Welcome aboard to my great people. Welcome aboard, Bridge MCP. Welcome aboard, Eric Hayes. Welcome aboard, Paul Fleming. I think this is the second time I've seen you for today, Paul. Bridge MCP, Michael Rutnin. Hakeem Jeffries got more votes. Wait a minute. Say it right, Michael Brother Rutnin. He got a lot more votes, right? He got 2012, and, Jeff uh, and Jeffries got 2012. And Jordan got 200. 12 more votes. They should just make him speaker. It should be just a majority vote, right? Anyhow, uh, Eric Hayes says, you are a blues brother. Do you mean all of this blues? Is that what we're talking about, brother? Is that what we mean? E2247 is in the house, my dear, beautiful E2247. How are you doing, my brother? Uh, who else have we got here that I missed so far? I think I got ah, Shiva Las Vegas. Está aquí también. Y, y nuestra hermosa Melanie Keelan is in the house. Melanie, welcome aboard. Uh, who else am I missing? Am I missing? I don't like to miss anybody, you know. AVQ, May Wood is in the house as well. Uh, and I'm scrolling down. The eyes are getting, the eyes are actually pretty good since I had 
those cataract surgeries. I think I am fine. I think I'm fine. Okay. Linda is okay. You know, Linda has lupus. Linda's had lupus for decades and there are certain organs that started to act up and what they want to do is check it out more in detail. So they do these biopsy kind of things, you know, so, but other than that, you know, that's what we went to take care of this morning. And, uh, you know, she came home and, you know, she's resting, uh, resting fine right now as we go ahead and do the show. Thank you very much for asking Bridge MCP. You know, you're, you're part of the family, Bridge. Uh, Ashley has already named you her honorary aunt because you have been so vested in how she's been doing. I want to thank you for that. Uh, let's see what else, we, what else have we got here. What else have we got here? Okay, let me start reading what my folks have to say before we get into the program. Jim Jordan backs Trump's coup. Trump backs Jordan's bid for House leadership. Jordan uses Trump's playbook to try to bully his way to victory. If elected Speaker, Jordan would effectively give the House to Trump. No alliance poses a greater threat to our democracy. And I have an article from Common Dreams that we're going to talk about. And you know what? Let me make sure that I have it ready before I even uh, before I even go to the next question. Uh, because I need to make sure that we are covered. Uh, there we go. That's the article. All right. So continuing, 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 continuing. Uh, what else we got here? Melanie Keelan says that, 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 that. Okay. Now, Eric Hesekberto. Here's a thought. Jeff and others have to keep the real estate industry viable these days as you have to support the agents, the contractors, the tax people, and the maintenance companies, etc. Come on, there is a purpose for billionaires. You have to see the value. No, I don't see the value in billionaires at all. I repeat, there is absolutely no value in having billionaires. In fact, billionaires are a hindrance to our economy. The only reason we haven't realized it is that they also own the media, which doesn't tell us the truth when it comes to how these things function. Okay? It's that simple, Eric. Keep watching the program. I'm pretty sure all of us will be enlightened together. Paul Fleming says Trump should be paying property taxes on 1.5 billion instead of the 18 million which fought which he fought to lower taxes from the 26 million Mar-a-Lago was first appraised at. Trump fought for the amount, and then he wants to tell other people it's valued at over a billion dollars. Right? The gall of this guy, the the the, the instance of lies, and not only that, the the double talk that he does, and the people still hang with him. That tells you. It's not him. It's the people who hang with him. And the next question is, why do you have people willing to hang with him? And that's the part that we talk about in as uh, not as I see it in how to talk to your right wing relative friends and neighbors. It's a psychological game that, well, you understand. All right. Maywood, that's a reply. Uh, Michael said, Eric Hayes, billionaires don't want to live among us. If the people ever figure out the wealth disparity and the tax evasion, those billionaires should be worried about pitchforks and torches. Not only that, they're thugs, they're thieves, right? They are, every penny that they have is penny not paid back to society what they owe to society. They have not generated a billion dollars themselves. They have used others to make that billion. Remember that phrase that I hate. I make my money work for me. Your money cannot work for you. Saying you, your money works for you is effectively saying you have other people 
making money while you sit on your ass. That's what it really means. But, you know, we create all these cliches and these phrases. And the reason we do that is to make, to make evil, to make a thievery, to make a, wait, to make a certain type of evil, to make a certain type of thievery. Okay, because those who indulge in it are the ones who wear suits and ties, right? You can, you, could, you can kill somebody whether you are in a suit and tie or whether you're dressed with your pants hanging or just about anything. And when we start to realize those realities, when we start acknowledging those realities, we will be less easily fooled by all those who are, in fact, fooling us right now. Let's remember that. Let's just remember that. Okay. Eric Hay says Jeffrey won't be speaker. We know that. But, you know, you can always wish that the most intelligent person or the person that has more experience wins. We can wish on that, can't we, Eric? Uh, Michael Ryan says, Eric, I, I read that one already. Let's see. You need mucho grande esleepo. Yes, Eric, I need mucho grande esleepo. And I don't know when I'm going to get mucho grande esleepo because I have an interview with a Washington, D.C. station tomorrow at... 7.45 in the morning, right after my uh, show, I get a chance to do my workout. Maybe I'll try to do the workout tonight so that I don't have to run and take a shower and be right back in time. I don't know. We'll see how it works out. All right. Let's see what we got. Uh, Paul Fleming says, Jim Jordan was an architect of the 2013 government shutdown. John Boehner called him leg a legislative terrorist. He spread Trump's baseless lies about the 2020 election. And of course, none of his bills have ever been signed into law. He is unfit for the House speakership. He would be the first speaker, if I recall correctly, that has never, ever gotten a bill out of Congress. Uh, anybody wants to fact check that for me? You know, when I, when I uh, don't have the facts exactly and I kind of say I think so, I always expect somebody like uh, Michael Rudnan to say, you know what, Egberto? I'm going to fact check that and make sure you're not pulling one out of the air. But anyhow, well, you know, it's a lot of stuff. Because, you know, when you have all this stuff in your mind, every now and then something gets garbled. This morning on KPFT, I, you know, we're talking about why don't uh, some of the Republicans, we do, the, uh, Jeffries only need five Republicans to vote and he becomes speakers, right? And there are five progressive Republicans in that in that mass of Republicans, you can find five progressive Republicans or moderate or moderate, if you want to call them that. You can find them. All they need to do is vote for Jefferson. People are like, oh, that would be unprecedented. That wouldn't be. The next largest legislature to the Texas, to the, to the House, the governing, the governing state is California. And Willie Brown became the speaker of the assembly in Washington, in, in uh, California, by getting 26 votes from Republicans while he got only 23 from Democrats. They were in the majority, the, the, the Republicans were. And he did it. So it's not unprecedented to become Speaker of the Assembly or Speaker of the House by another party supporting the sport and i think it has happened in new york as well if i recall and, and rodney you can fact check me there but i think in new york 
you guys had a Republican speaker with a Democratic Congress or a Democratic legislator a few years ago, right? Fact check me on that one, but I'm pretty sure I'm right on that one as well. So both California, big blue state, uh, kept with a big blue state with a Republican legislature elects a Democratic speaker. And, the, and in, in New York, they did the opposite. All right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Eric said, oh, my God, did you and Rodney not see the emojis of me being funny? Whoa. Yeah, we know you're having some fun, bro. It's okay. And we all have fun. Bridge MCP said, ah, Ashley Dadak. Yes, 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 yes. All right, we also have here, repeated, Egberto, do you think MSNBC has benched Mary Hassan Ayman, Mohialadin, and Ali Velshi are otherwise limited their reach? Yes. You'd figure the three Muslim actors, anchors, who know the most about Israel-Palestine conflict would be on air much more often, uh, lead into the coverage instead of less. I don't watch MSNBC nearly often enough to notice, but it's been, it, it's been mentioned in my feed as controversial, and I wanted your thoughts. I want to show you, I want you to listen to something here. Uh, let me see if I can pull that piece up from, uh, I don't, I think you guys heard it. I'm going to finish reading your piece here, but I just want to show you what happened recently. First of all, Ali Velshi has been doing some solid reporting and I've told folks that they really only need to listen to Ali Velshi, Moya Haldin and, uh, and, uh, Mehdi Hassan. All three of them have been doing some solid reporting. And in fact, after me, after he said some very important subjects, here is what Al Sharpton had to say. I want you to listen to this. I played it before I thought on this channel. Maybe I didn't. I want you to listen to this. Listen to the part where he, he talks, where he tells the, the, uh, the Israeli, the, well, the guy who runs the Anti-Defamation League. Listen to what he had to say to him, and then we'll take it on the other side. Check this piece out with Al Sharpton, because I think he slipped up a bit. What do you think? Let me play it, and then we'll take it on the other side. The murderers, the government of the United States, and everybody else needs to do what they uh, can because we're talking about people that have no cause of human life. They're not trying to get a two-state solution or any solution. They're trying to wipe people out, and we can't let it happen. It, they don't want a two-state solution. They want a final solution. And the final solution is killing about. people. And I, I'm glad that Jonathan uh, came out talking about the language. And I, I know you had very positive conversations with yeah. people here at the top of the network, because as we are objective in how we cover sides, we've got to tell the people who the sides are That's and right. not mislabel people. And I think that uh, the leadership here understood that in your and, conversation. And listen to Barry. This is not right or wrong. This is not some academic debate. This is good versus evil. It is evil that makes one think that it is okay to burn an elderly woman alive in her home and record it. It is evil that lets someone think to execute children in front of their parents and then drag those people into Gaza as hostages. And it is evil to blame Israel for, again, the mutilation and desecration of her citizens. That's what's happening in places right here. And these people will have to reckon for the rest of their lives. But if you are a CEO and you spoke out on these other issues, if you are a university president and you spoke out on these other issues, if you are a politician or a candidate who spoke on these other issues, we are waiting and watching for you to speak out now.
I don't know. I don't know if you understood what I was trying to get out of here. So let me explain. Did you hear what Al said? He looked at the, the guy and he said, I know you had positive conversations with the higher ups at NBC about this. And I know you're happy with the conversations that you had. That was scary because he has access. That Palestinian lawyer, you notice how she started uh, the, our conversation? You gave him the ability to say these things. I wish you would give more of us the ability to tell our story. And what Al Sharpton did there is he pointed out and he made it clear that some people have access to how the news is going to be told. And if you notice right now, the big propaganda machine is on. Look, I don't know how much I can tell folks how I feel. I have a daughter. I got a wife. I got a mother. I got an aunt. I got, I mean, all these people that Hamas murdered, that Hamas annihilated, those were terrorist acts. Those were bad things that they did. Yes, it was. But, and it's a very important but, that they don't want to have a but. If you want to solve problems, you have to allow what allows these things to happen. What allows Palestinians in Gaza to hide terrorists that are doing certain things or to protect them? Why do they do that? I look at it sort of similar to how MAGA goes on to Trump, uh, a person that has no, no, no good thing for them, has no policies to help them. In fact, hurts them, uses them, uses them for their ulterior goal. I look at the relationship between MAGA and Trump as a similar relationship between the, some Palestinians and Hamas. That's the strong man you're putting your hopes on because you otherwise have you feel like you otherwise have no hopes. In the case of the Palestinians, you know, how many people come to the to their defense? How many people are brave enough to say you have been wronged as well? And yeah, Vrij, I know I played that before, but I, you know, I wanted other, you know, there are new people every day. And it, it, I wanted to kind of give some legs to what Radnan had to say out there, which is very, very important. Yes, I think a lot of those voices are going to be hushed. Let me continue reading Radnan's message. He said, Semaphore, MS, MSNBC has quietly taken three of its Muslim broadcasters out of the anchor's chair since Hamas attacked on Israel uh, last Saturday amid America's wave of sympathy for Israeli terror victims. The network did not air a scheduled Thursday night episode of the Mehdi Hassan show on the streaming platform Peacock. MSNBC also reversed a plan for Ayman Mohyaldin to fill in this week on the network for host Joy and Reid show on Thursday and Friday. Mohyaldin, an Egyptian-American journalist and veteran NBC News correspondent, covered the conflict from Gaza for two years. In 2021, he aggressively questioned Israeli leaders on strikes on the territory. Two net, and I have one of those interviews that Mohyaldin did. And he really got that guy, uh, the Israeli uh, secretary, really pissed off. Two network sources with knowledge of the plans told Sen Semaphore that the network also plans to have Alicia Menendez fill in this coming week uh, for Ali Velshi, a third Muslim-American host 
who on Sunday interviewed a spokesperson for the Palestinian Authority. Some staff at MSNBC have been concerned by the moves, feeling all three hosts have some of the deepest knowledge of the conflict. NBC says the shifts are coincidental and three and the three continue to appear on air reports and provide analysis. Of course it's coincidental. Oh yes, it's coincidental. You know, remember I when earlier I said listen to these guys while we can. Listen to them while we can because we know they won't be long and if you see what Al Sharpson accidentally said, you understand why. So the the answer to that uh Rudnan, it's not surprising at all. All right, uh, Paul Fleming says billionaires have gotten $2 trillion richer since the Trump tax cuts. That's more than enough to fund a 10-year expansion of the boosted child credit. But no, the GOP would rather extend tax cuts, even though the CBO found that this one would add $3.5 trillion to the deficit. They don't care. Eric K. Segberto, if you've charged an interest rate on a loan, do you think you are being robbed? Same difference with make money work for you? Look, you missed the point. There's a reason for interest rates on loans. Let's 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 get into finances. A bank uh, a bank is sort of a clearing house. We pay the clearing house for the service they provide. What is the service they provide? They connect people. They connect people with money, right? But there are investment banks that that's not what. If you read my book as I see it, class warfare the only resort to right wing doom. I explain what a banking system should really look like, because. The people who want to malign me would make it seem like it's hypocrisy to say, hey, it's okay to have a loan a loan and take interest and then take the other position. No, it's not. It is a service that a banker provides a service and should be paid for that service. He brings money that people have and to hold. He also loans that money that people have, right? And that there's paperwork and all of that to control and do all of that. But that's not excessive paper. That's not that that doesn't call for making a whole bunch of money like what we talk about investment bankers who do things like create instruments simply to make money. A point in fact. Uh, create a construct where you buy a company. Let's give an example. All right. I can go out there and I see Toys R Us. Toys R Us is making money. You know, every year it's profitable. It's making money. And I say, wow, I can go ahead and take Toys R Us private. I go ahead and I take a loan out, right? Buy, uh, buy uh, uh, Toys R Us, recapitalize it, go take a loan on Toys R Us as collateral. And in some cases, when I say collateral, I mean you know, sell other stocks on it or other financial instruments on it, and then pull all the value out of it because I have, in effect, used the, va- the, the value of toys or rust to profit off of by lean, taking out loans on it, etc. Now, when, I, when, the, when the company can no longer pay those things back, I just let the bank grab it back. I've already profited from extracting the funds out of it. That's not. That's how most people make billions. Not the not a wage earned uh, for doing banking, but doing making billions for investment banking. I'm telling you, there's different. There are differences, and if we knew more about how the the financial sector works, as I brought on uh, with, with with the guests that I always have, uh, uh, one of the guests that we always put on here, Patrick Laville. 
you'll understand the thievery that's involved in, in the financial sector. That's all it is. Calculated thievery. All right. Bree says, Michael Rodden, every case, I'll take note from your emojis from now on. All right. Mike C. Sex says, why would we want uh, extremely corrupt Democrats running Congress again? Bad enough with corrupt Joe Biden. Mm, wow. Keep, uh, you, you, keep living in your fantasy, sir. Egberto, you were correct. Business Insider Representative Jim Jordan is on the cusp of becoming the, the next Speaker of the House of Representatives without ever getting a bill signed into law that he personally introduced. According to Congress, the online legislative tracker, Jordan's introduced just 30 bills in total throughout his time and never got one passed. All right. Okay. Google Translator. English to Spanish. Spanish to English works pretty well. Yeah, they do. They do. Uh, in, in fact, when I forget some Spanish words, I use it myself. Okay. Uh, what else we got here? Paul Fleming says, ex-GOP counterparty chair in Jim Jordan's district. Jim Jordan has voted against every family bill in his career. Wow. Amazing. Uh, Mike Cisak says, Bridge MCP, actually, that's a good thing, as we don't need more and more legislation that cripples the economy. Oh, my God. Always finding a way to defend your, your criminals. Uh, let's us what else we got here. Uh, but Jordan, uh, let's see. Mike Cisak is saying, Hakeem Jeffries is a moderate. It's like saying Adolf Hitler was a moderate as well. <laughs> That's all I can do for that one. Michael Runner says, Jonathan Greenblatt runs ADL. That's the guy we're talking about. Here we go. All right. All right. Let's see what else we have. Maywood, that's a private conversation. Egberto, you played that twice before. I don't think I played it twice. I think I played it once before. But if you say it twice, I'll have to take your word for it. Eric Egberto Willis is referring to how the network had to approve what he was going to say. Exactly. All right, let's see what else. A two-state solution isn't possible anymore because Israeli settlers stole lands. Yeah, what they did is they created a lot of moles inside of, of, of contiguous, uh, contiguous Gaza and contiguous, not contiguous, uh, West Bank, right? In other words, uh, you can't get a contiguous state out of it. And with all these zones where uh, Palest uh, uh, Israeli lives, you can't do it, right? All right. By the way, folks, uh, well, I'll talk about that later. Paul Fleming says a St. Louis ordinance lets courts banish people from the huge swats of the city as punishment for their petty crimes. These neighborhood orders are of protection often prevent people from accessing the services they need and raise constitutional questions. You know, St. Louis has a lot of ways of, of disrupting the Constitution. Uh, I can give some examples with the gun. Well, anyway, Eric Hay says you don't make money till cash in and pay taxes. Unrealized wealth is not wealth. Okay, if unrealized wealth is not wealth, uh, then Donald Trump is not a billionaire. Then Bill Gates is not a billionaire. You said unrealized wealth is not, a, is not wealth. They don't keep their monies in cash. They keep their money in unrealized capital, right? No, I'm sorry. Capital is wealth and wealth is capital. Thank you. That is not a, that is, my brother, uh, I love you, but that's a silly statement. That's a silly statement. Okay. Let's go here. You know, we've been talking a lot about Medicare for All and how bad Medicare for All is. Uh, I want to I play you a story. Let me see which one I'm going to play first. I'm going to play the one with, uh, let's see, this one here is a mother in a nursing home. And after she listened to our show, uh, she went ahead again and she appealed it and she let them know that she understands Medicare Advantage much better now, that she understands it was private insurance now because she listened to our show. And guess what? 
immediately they approved her mother's care. I want you to listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. Let's go to Nola. Come on in, Nola. Hi. Once again, I want to thank you for exposing what Medicaid ad- Medicare Advantage, I'm sorry, really is. And I had an experience last week with that, dealing with my mother who has dementia and she needs wound care. And she's in a skilled nursing facility. They keep trying to release her when she she can't she couldn't even walk and normally she she could walk and and do everything on her own mm-hmm. so i i said to ask them why do you you want to release her why why do they you know keep trying to put her out of the skilled nursing facility and she's not well yet so um i had to appeal and i, I lost that appeal so they said i could appeal again i appealed again to this company keypro and um, I, I broke it down to them the second time that I had to appeal. I explained, you know, in great detail why she couldn't just come home and I couldn't just take care of her by myself. Um, they really and I explained to them also what I learned from your show, that they really aren't Medicaid, that it's private insurance. And I explained to the individual that I talked to on the phone that I, I did not know that when I chose it for her. They advertise it heavily as being just another part of Medicare. And, you know, it clearly is not when you're trying to release a woman from a skilled nursing facility who's not well. So I did win the the last appeal, and she's still there getting some of the help that she You know what you did? You scared the whole bejesus out of them because they realize now you became a talking point. You became somebody who has a true story, a true life experience that can come on air like you're doing right now to advise people that, yes, you know, it, it is amazing. Whenever they feel that something is threatening, that something could possibly make a change. You went there, my dear, beautiful Nola, with knowledge. You went there with knowledge. And they realize, you know what? We better not we better not play with this can of worms. You did right, my dear friend. You did right. And congratulations for your mother getting the health care that she deserves. Thank you. I thank you so much for your show. And I'm definitely going to be a supporter. I like I said, I just moved back here and I really wasn't familiar with this station, but I love it. Thank you. Thank you so kindly, Nola. You have a wonderful rest of your day. And, you know, and that is all we can really hope for, right? That by by us having a program that just goes out there and tells the truth, the truth, the truth, and let folks know that really they are already empowered to make change. Remember, the appeal, they, they, she lost the appeal. On the second appeal, she used some key words. One, I just learned from a program that you are private insurance. Medicare Advantage is private insurance. But there's something else that she said that was more important and that probably got that thing really, really turned real quickly because they don't want to be hit with a deceptive marketing lawsuit. When she said, the way you guys advertise this, we thought we were getting Medicare, traditional Medicare. You didn't let us know this was some private insurance policy. Approve. Get out of here. You're taken care of, baby. 
knowledge, knowledge, and never stepping back, never giving up. But you know what? They count on for every NOLA that succeeds, there are 20 others that they spin around and they ignore and they simply say, let's let's twiddle our fingers because this person is just going to get tired of trying to reach us. They're going to get tired of fighting. They'll just go ahead and die. They're just go, going to go ahead and die like that. Uh, like that congressman said, uh, my buddy. In fact, I've interviewed him several times. Uh, Republic, you remember he had that comment where he says, Republicans want you, uh, you to die. Don't get sick. Let's see. I, I can't remember the name of the congressman, but I remember the, the phrase. Grayson, Alan Grayson. Remember when Alan Grayson said Republicans don't want uh, don't want to you to have health care. They just want you to die. They'd rather you die than give you health care because you know it doesn't cost them much. So they they string you out and out and out, and enough people get strung out, enough of those people die. That's a cost they will never have to incur. That's what it's all about. Paul Fleming says Carter's family said uh, officers suggested that if she saw her estranged husband with a gun, she should try to take his photo. Then the police left. Ten minutes later, he busted down the door and shot her. Since 2007, at least 29 domestic violence victims in Nashville have been shot by people who were legally barred from having a gun. And, uh, thank you for that comment. All right. Uh, Lee Grant says, Rednin, Hamas, Boko Haram, ISIS, and other fundamentalist Islamic uh, organizations all support the destruction of the Jews. How will you interrupt this? No, 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 no. Let me tell you something, guys. I, I, I won't touch that. But before I go into the Jewish issue, I need to make a clarification. Um, a, a, very, uh, a, a friend of mine was listening to one of my shows. And he said that I made a, a very big mistake. And I need to make sure and correct it. And I want to do that now before I get into talking about the Palestinian Jewish issue. He said, remember, it, I, he said in one of the phrases I said, the Jewish planes are bombing, uh, bombing a lot of uh, the buildings in Gaza, and they're causing a lot more deaths than, have, than occurred in Israel. And he said, I understand, Egberto, who you are, and I understand that you don't have a racist, prejudiced, anti-Semitic bone in your body. But the way that came across, some people that are Jewish, not me, but some people who are Jewish would be sensitive to the way you said that. And he said, what you should have said is the Israeli planes, because that's who they are. He said, you don't say the Christian planes are bombing. You don't, you don't say the Christian planes are bombing, you know, uh, or, 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 or bombing something. You say the Americans are bombing, the Russians are bombing. To which I told my friend, you're absolutely right. He said, just be careful the next time, Egberto, when you're talking about these issues, you have to you you need to you have to make sure that you're circumspect on it. You don't have to worry about it. And especially with me, you know, I know who you are. And then I said, you know what though? I am going on air and I will make that correction. Because just as I made that mistake, which is a I think is a terrible mistake actually which I'm atoning for right now. I think uh, others who uh, could have made the same mistake that I made 
that now that I've stated that will be corrected. And I'm saying if at some time I make that mistake again, please warn me right away. Because, you know, you have a tendency when you're speaking these issues uh, that that sort of that, that that sort of narrative comes out, even though those people who know you know the narrative that you're trying to evoke. So anyhow, let's go to the specific uh, thing now where we talk about ISIS, etc. I want to ask a question. If you look at the number of Israelis that are killed, the number of buildings in Israel that are bombed or, or, or get harmed, and then you go over to Gaza and you take a look at the destruction, you take a look at the debts, not only the current debt that's I think stands over 3,000 right now in Gaza, and plus we just had an Israeli bomb, even though they're denying it, but they, uh, Hamas doesn't have the kind of bombs that kill 500 people at the same time, is what uh, MSNBC reporters are saying. So it's likely it was a, an Israeli bomb. But again, if you take a look, and, and, and all I ask people to do is to be fair. Don't try to make excuses. If, if the constancy of destruction is on one side, as another side always claim to be a victim, please tell me what does that say? And I, I, don't want, I don't want to give the answer. I want you guys to give me the answer. And I'd like somebody to call me and give me the answer, 281-823-7747. Again, that is 281-823-7747. I'm just asking for fairness in reporting. I want to ask for fairness, period. So why don't somebody give me a call, Seven, uh, 281-823-7747. I'll take your call right away to hear your point of view before I go into the next subject. But I'd love to hear your point. And that is just answering the question that, or sort of alluding to the statement made by Lee Grant. By Lee Grant, okay? All right. What else have we got here? Uh, let's see what else we got here. What else we got here? Paul Femme says, Western states opposed tribes' access to the Colorado River 70 years ago. History is repeating itself. Records unearthed by a University of Virginia professor shed new light on states' vocal opposition in the 1950s to tribes claiming their share of the river. Today, many are still fighting to secure water. Shameful, isn't it? Shameful. All right. Um, Medicare Advantage. The only reason I switched back to uh, the, the fight is because of the comments. But Medicare Advantage does not only affect the patient. There are only one winner. There, the, the big winners in Medicare Advantage are the corporatists, are the people who make money, the stockholders in these insurance companies, etc. That's who make money. Because all these insurance companies try to do is lowball everybody. And if you doubt it, I had another caller that makes it quite clear. I want you guys to listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. Go to Melissa. Come on in, Melissa. Hello, my name is Marissa. I am the owner of a Hugaway Healthcare. We've been in business for 15 years, and this is the first time in history that I have 700 unpaid claims. And tell us why is that again? Uh, Medicare Advantage. Thank you. Thank you. They, they are they are kicking our elderly out of hospitals. They are kicking them out of rehab. 
and they expect for them to stay home and they are not paying the home health care. They are limiting us on nurses. They are limiting us to seven visits only at the home. Medicare had unlimited, unlimited. You did now, now our people have to wait 10 days before we get approval to go and see them in the home. And that is with wounds. That is shameful. And all of that is in the name of profit. Again, when they're advertising, they're giving you Luby's dinners. They're giving you a breakfast. They're giving you a health care car, a car to go to the gym. But at the same time, where do you actually need the real health care? They screw you. Thank you so kindly, Melissa, for telling your side of the, your, your, your truthful story, because it is something that we're hearing up over and over. Thank you, Melissa. I had to have a layoff. For the first time in 15 years, because I could not pay my employees. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Melissa. Very important statement. Now, I want you to understand what she just said. Uh, and it, it shows you how these guys take money out of the economy. Number one, they take money out of the, out of the pockets of the extra nurses that are needed to handle the real volume of people who need nursing care. So all those, all those employees that if we just had standard Medicare would have been there working and spending money in the economy and, and solving a real problem, Medicare Advantage eliminates that. Let's go further. She said she had to have a layoff of 700, or rather a layoff of a lot of her employees because she have 700 outstanding claims. They make you wait for your money before you get paid for your claims, which means on every day that you're waiting for your it adds up to millions of dollars. They are making money on your money, and then they just pay you what your bill is after making money on your money. So, I mean, the, the, the whole industry is parasitic, and it is evil. It is parasitic because it sucks the blood out of the patient and the, the providers of health care, the lower-end providers of health care. And it's evil because you just don't do that to human beings without it being an evil act. Tom C. is in the house. Tom C. says, per the IRS today, the, take the tax gap, the difference between taxes that are owed and collected total around $600 billion annually and will mean approximately $7 trillion of lost tax revenue over the next decade. There goes a balanced budget, right? Think about it. We could use that money to just pay for the interest and a lot more. A wealth tax would not be needed if everyone paid their fair share of taxes. Billionaires hide their income and take out low-interest loans to avoid taxes. Exactly. They do all kinds of tricks. I remember the first time my business made a ton of money. And I remember an insurance agent tells me, you know, we can turn that into a policy that pays you tax-free. Because in effect, I'll take all your money and then I will pay you back tax-free. And, you know, I'm, this was probably like 15 years, actually more like 20 years ago. When did my business, my, my best business time was, I think, in 2003, 2004, somewhere around there. Or actually maybe a little bit earlier than that. And then when I did this, it was all downhill thereafter. But I remember the guy saying, give us all your money, right? And in effect, you're buying this policy. 
And then we are giving you money out of this policy. I think, I don't remember if it was a loan you're taking on the policy that really wasn't a loan. It was a tax gimmick. And in effect, you were getting the money tax-free. So I remember sitting back and thinking, and I said to myself, damn, I made so much money. Why would I have a, why would I care about paying taxes, right? At the time, it was the highest tax bracket. And I'm like, you know, hey, I'm just happy that I'm making money, man. And the paying the taxes was just like an expense, like an expense. Who in their right mind, if you're making a lot of money, not want to pay taxes? Now you're making SHIT, but I mean, you think about it. You really think about it. The people who have the most money usually turns out to be the biggest parasites, to be the ones that take advantage of the system. And what Tom C. just showed there is a statement of fact. All right? It's a statement of fact. All right, Paul Fleming says, truth is the most basic of common goods. As the late Senator Daniel Patrick Moynihan once said, everyone is entitled to his own opinion, but not to his own facts. But when billionaires control information, we receive democracy is at grave risk. Exactamente. Uh, Eric Hayes says, Egberto, everything is more expensive. Insurance is one freaking example. Home, car, health. I know. And they don't want to pay out when you get when you ask to use them, right? Uh, it's amazing. They're right. Nurses were being fired for not taking the vaccine. Where are they now? What strain did they get? Well, you know, again, do you want a nurse coming in that could have polio? I don't think you would. All right. Egberto from Bridge MCP. Egberto, a trick for any insurance company you have medical is before you leave a hospital, ask for an itemized bill. Watch how fast that bill goes down. I know. <laughs> it is amazing. It's amazing. You're, you're so right about that. Okay. We're at, we only have about eight minutes left of the show. Who's going to give me a call? Say 281-823. 823-8255. Okay, nurse from another country have polio? No, no, we have we have polio back in this country because of the anti vac Well, we stopped giving vaccines because we thought we had it eradicated, but I think we're going to have to start back. Anyhow, who's going to give me a call to say hello? 281, keep me awake. 281-823-7747. I want to hear from somebody. 281-823-7747. I am lonely and want to hear from you. Okay, I want more people to start calling in. Who's going to be the brave one to call in today? Who's going to be the brave one? Let's see. Whoever calls in today, include send me an email with your 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 uh, address. I'll send you this, the sticker for your car, the politics on right sticker for your car. Come on, man, call in right now. I'll send you the sticker. Just send me your address. I'll send you the sticker for the car. You know, I I have a surprise for you. I'm going to do a book. Um, I'm going to do a book showing at my wife's church. They're having this big book gala where all authors are invited. And I made a new uh, a, a new banner. Ron is calling in. Let's go ahead and talk to Ron. Hello, Ron. How are you doing today? Doing good. Doing good. How are you doing? I am doing fine. I just wanted to... Down. Yeah. I wanted to. I just you wanted to hear. You wanted us to call, so. Yes, I wanted to hear from some of you, yeah. man. How you doing, sir? Good, 
doing good, doing good. You know, I'm having problems with my iPad. I keep trying to make replies, like to Eric and those guys. Right. Who were making comments like, uh, you know, the difficulties we've got in the house is causing the, uh, uh, you know, we'll cut spending and, and not. But actually, it's just going to destroy the country and the economy. Nothing yeah. good has ever come from shutting down Congress, ever. I mean, there is so, absolutely you know. nothing that can come good of that. The truth of the matter is what we need, uh, Ron, is we need adults. We need adults. You know, you take exactly. a look at you take a look at Jeffries. Look, you don't have to like you don't have to be a progressive. You don't have to like Jeffries. You don't have to like any of that. But I tell you one thing. The one thing you can say about Jeffries is that he's intelligent. And not only is he intelligent, but he knows how to run a house. He knows how to run a house. Yes. He knows how to run his caucus. All right. So yeah. we should more be happy for that. Even more importantly, even more importantly, he's a moderate and he's a pragmatist. He can he will and can and will negotiate and compromise and come to agreements between everybody, right? Absolutely. And that's what we need. Hey, that's Ron. That's what we need. We need hey, Ron. pragmatic and, yeah. Uh, Bridge MCP suggests that you set up a GoFundMe to get yourself and a new iPad mm-hmm. so that you can be very effective on our show. And also, the new iPad, you may be able to call in from that iPad itself directly without using a phone. So uh, you set up a GoFundMe and throw it up here, and we'll start saying, let's go help out one of our PDR Posse members. Let's get him an iPad. So put that thing up and send the link here, and we'll start getting people to fund to help fund your iPad. We're a family out yeah. here, brother. Yeah, well, I was just saying that more as a joke, but I'll think about it. Yes. Because uh, I got to check my finances, see how much I got, how much I can kick down toward a new one, but. I've been needing a new one for a while. So what I need to do is stop dropping the stupid things. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ron, buy your, I tell oh, you what, you can you yeah. can drop it a little bit, kind of a drop, but you have to get a yeah. good case. Get a good case for it. And then, you know, uh, I can yeah. tell you from experience, you know, I had this little this little one. I get this cheap pad here. Doesn't work anymore. It's a Verizon. But this this case that it comes in, it drops, it protects the glass and everything pretty well. That's yeah. what it takes. Anyhow, well, I had a good case. Unfortunately, I had it open, was using it when I dropped it. Uh oh. And I just Uh-oh. keep doing the same thing. So, yeah. Well, yeah. well thank you, Ron, for calling in. Let's see if we get. Let's yeah. see if we get somebody else to call in, Ron. Thank you so kindly. And yeah, Eric is right. right. Other, thank you, brother. Eric is actually right. Other bo- box makes good cases. I just realized I am going to need a new case for this because. The the glass is finally stretched, and now look at that. It's it's coming off of the screen. Anyhow, let's see. Uh, Michael says, Egberto, mind reading this out before the end. A coalition between establishment, Democrats, and Republicans to appoint Hakeem Jeffrey isn't out of the question. If that happens, we get another year and change of status quo corporatism, but no ideas from the left or far right get heard. Uh, uh, get heard. Necessary infrastructure investment to forestall global warming won't get funded. All those outrage of the weak culture was our insanity. The far right brings up 
won't get voted on. Nobody would be happy about it, but it seems that Republicans don't want to lead. They just want to complain. And I, I'm going to repeat this again, um, Brother Rudnan. We have a lot of work to do. We have to make, we have to bring uh, the, the, the CSAC, not necessarily CSAC, but others into our fold because what we do supports them. What we do supports them, even though they may want to deny it. What we do supports them. Uh, Daniel Lido says, free iPad here. Message me. Message me. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, right, Lido. I know you too well. I mean, uh, I know you too well. All right. And, and by the way, nothing is free. We were talking about just in, in, in our family here, man. All right. Paul Fleming says, the Amazon River is uh, falling to uh, never before seen lows exposing vast trenches of dry sand amid intense drought. Communities are cut off and struggling for drinkable water. I hadn't checked on the Amazon. I didn't know that. Thank you for bringing that up, Paul. Michael said, yeah, I want to do infrastructure investment, including in red states. There you go. That's what we want to do. And we need to let it be known to these people that we are, in fact, their allies. All right. We're at 58 right now. Um, you know, you notice I'm wearing it. It's cold now. To Well, it was cool today. So I'm wearing my, uh, you know, I am a progressive hoodie. And somebody today said, Egberto, I really like that T-shirt. How can I get it? All our stuff can be gotten at our store, politicsunright.com. store. But here's a direct link itself. There you can check that, check it out there and get all our stuff right at that link. But anyway, folks, please support the show. There are many ways for you to support the show. Specifically, you can support the show by going to politicsunright.com slash support. Politicsunright.com slash support has all the different ways that you can support the program. Likewise, you can go ahead and uh, subscribe to our newsletter. We need a lot of subscribers right now. So please go ahead and subscribe. Go to politicsunright.com slash newsletter politicsandright.com slash newsletter. And uh, please consider becoming a paid subscriber. You'll be able to read all of my books online while you are a subscriber. Please, I, I, I need you guys to subscribe so that we can continue doing this the right way. Uh, Brisa Egberto, get some sleep. And don't forget, it's getting cold. Get a mug. Yes, ma'am. Get a mug, folks. Get a mug at our site. We have it all there. Anyhow, what else have we got here? What else have we got here? Uh, from Paul, real quickly, the Biden administration and more than 4,000 migrants who were separated from their families in the U.S.-Mexico border by the Trump administration reached a legal settlement Monday that all allows the families to live and work in the United States for three years, receiving housing, mental health, and legal assistance to apply for asylum. Okay. Egberto Midnight Blue isn't available for the hoodie. I didn't know that. Uh, let me see. Are you sure? I have this color. I did put this color, whatever this color. I don't know if this is midnight blue or or this is, I don't know what this is, but it, I bought it off of my own store. So you should be able to get it. Uh, anyhow, people, uh, send me the particular link uh, and so that I can look at it and see if I can make any changes there. So please do that, Radnin. Send me the particular link that you're talking about. Anyway, folks, I got to get out of here. My name is Egberto Willis. I want to thank you guys all for here. Thanks, Ron, for calling in today. Ledo, you should call in sometime. You know, you have a nice voice as well. And I know you'll give me a little bit of hassle, but that's why we're family. Anyhow, uh, folks, I want, I want you to keep your heads up. I want you to keep your eye on the ball. 
and remember what we are in this for. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right, and you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Oh! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.